Welcome to Clearly Unclear. I'm your host, Matt, with one T underscore Z-E-B-R-O-W-S-K-I. Uh, this is Clearly Unclear. That's my Twitter. Uh, hit me up on there. I'll post this episode uh, on there when we're done today. It's been a couple weeks. Did a uh, My last podcast I did was about a week after I was on P. Scott Sports Talk, um, which we have something planned for tomorrow. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, but I just want to put out a little content today. Um, there's a little dry period in sports. I mean, I love baseball, but let's let's face it here. Um, you know, after the first couple weeks of the season, we're not interested. I'm paying attention, but that's mostly because I've got a 14-team fantasy league I'm in, and I'm trying to win like 500 bucks. So a little bit more incentive for me to pay attention, but I'm certainly not watching like I would maybe the NBA during the season. I'm not going to lie. Um, this season, I've, I've watched – uh, more than I did the previous year. Um, I guess after LeBron James left Cleveland, I didn't, I, my not my love for basketball dwindled. I think I was just over, not over, I don't know, the word to describe, I guess I was just, I just needed a break. And yes, I, I mean, I always will pay attention. I read, I watch the games, but um, for a good 10, 15 years, I mean, it was basketball Tuesday, Thursdays, Sundays, and um, you couldn't get enough of it. Um, but you know, this season's been interesting. I think next year when we get fans fully in the stadium again, and, um, it's just, and and things seem normal. Um, we get an 82 game schedule and that's not to say I I don't like the 72 game schedule. I actually do like it. Um, I love the play in game. Uh, I, I really think the, well, not the game it's play in tournament, but, um, look at like the West right now. It's fucking chaos. And then also, even in the East, like the Celtics are losing Jalen Brown for the season. They've struggled. They're going to be in that play-in tournament. Can Jason Tatum take them to another level? Can Westbrook do something out East? Like, they're coming on strong. Is Indiana, if you go back and listen to my uh, NBA preview, uh, you know, I had them uh, as, like, one of my darling teams of the year, and they have just struggled. And I don't know what the issue is. Probably injuries. Uh, but the talent is there. Uh, and, and I, But they're fighting for uh, the ability to have a chance to play in the quote-unquote playoffs. Now, I, I I don't know if the play-in tournament counts as technical playoff games, whereas, like, the wild card in baseball does and the wild card in football does. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it does. But, like, the chaos in the West specifically, like, the Lakers, man, you're, they're going to win 41 games, and there's a chance that they have to play in the play-in tournament, which to me, I with LeBron James coming back tonight – against Houston, if anyone watched that game with the Knicks last night, it was a huge win on the back of Anthony Davis and sort of an old-school throwback game. Um, you can tell this last two weeks, and you can tell even with, um, you know, the amount of activity in some of the groups that I'm in, you know, the NBA is starting to get traction since the end of the season, and what's really helping are, like, these games when New Orleans is playing Golden State, normally you wouldn't give a shit about an 11th and 10th seed, but you do now. Because you want to see Zion in there. Steph, gonna, what's he going to do tonight? Drop 50. Dame Lillard's taken sort of a step back since they got, quote-unquote, healthy. Um, it's just chaos. And like, and then, like, your treat for not making the play-in tournament is, oh, you get to face the Clippers. So, would I love to see the Lakers-Clippers round one? Absolutely. Uh, we were robbed of that last year, you know, in the conference finals. And that's because the Clippers didn't hold up their end of the bargain. Uh, Luca, who we'll touch on a little bit in today, um, but we'll I'll talk more about it um, when me and uh, Prescott Kelly get together on his show and sort of 
run down the NBA and a bunch of other topics. But um, I love Luca. The dude needs to stop crying because even soccer players in Europe are calling this dude soft. And that's hyperbole. I'm sort of making that up. But his jersey is ripped every time they lose. He gets red in the face. Like, if he was a fucking poker player, he would be horrible at it. His tells are obvious. And he he's a hothead. He's young, so he's competitive, and I appreciate that. Um, I like what Luka's done to push his team into a position where they might be a fifth or sixth seed. I think they're a fifth seed right now. But they there's a chance if they don't finish better than the Lakers and Blazers is what I was hearing. Uh, because of the way the uh, head-to-heads go, they would be forced, they could win 41 or 42 games, and they would be in that seventh seed, having to win two games, top in the playoffs to potentially play the Suns or um, Denver in the first round, I believe. Um, Denver's really good. The Suns are really good. Utah, I'm sorry, yeah, so it would be Utah and the Suns is who you would play if you got that seventh or eighth seed. I love Utah. Uh, I loved them last year. But something about what they're doing this year seems special. I will not be surprised. There's so much parity um, between the top five teams. You don't say that a lot in the NBA. And that has to do probably with injuries and COVID. Um, You know, there's not one super great team, I don't think. Um, Again, the the record with Utah is fantastic. And that's great for the regular season. But how does your three, three ball translate when you get into the playoffs? Can you play enough defense? Are the half-court sets there? Like if LeBron James and Anthony Davis are somewhat healthy and they can stay somewhat healthy, I still have them as the guys coming out of the West. But the Clippers can do it. If the Mav- I don't think the Mavs are deep enough because Porzingis hasn't been healthy for a good portion of the, of the, uh, of the year. And I love Tim Hardaway Jr. I think that guy's got a great game. Uh, I watched him at Michigan a lot, uh, you know, when he – in the Big Ten, and I loved his game then, but I never thought it would translate to where he's like the third guy on a team who can get you 25 a night if you need it. He's just a really fun player, a really solid, above-average NBA player. I think those top four in the in the West and then the Lakers, wherever they land, those are the four or five teams that can – it's going to be a dogfight, and I think in the East as well. With the way Miami's played, although – um, Butler, I believe he got an eye injury the other night, but I, th- I think they'll be fine. They're surging. They were just destroyed by COVID, and here they are, and they're gonna. Well, I don't want to. I wouldn't want to play them in in the first round. Let's just put it like that. And someone between, I believe, the Nets, Philly, and the Bucks might end up playing them if they're a six seed, and that's just a. I wouldn't want to play buckets. Let's just put it like that. Jimmy buckets. Uh, can put a team on his back. That team plays defense. They got a good coach. They had some struggles this year, but it looks like everyone's kind of pulling it together at the right time. It's uh, The Sixers are really good. Embiid is not my MVP anymore. A lot changes in a couple weeks because he has missed a, a lot more games. Um, and I just have to, I'm not saying he's not in the top five. I think he is in the top five still, but uh, Lillard's out. I had him in the top five. Um, you know, right now it's really coming down to Jokic and Chris Paul and it's pick your poison to me. Um, Giannis, really the, the game where I started to look at Embiid and kind of take him down from my number one spot is when they got worked by the Bucks a few weeks ago. And I was like, okay, well, you know, the, the Bucks are really good and Embiid's really good, but you know, I, I, you know, I, I had to move him down. I what Chris Paul is really doing 
is and maybe it's a career award for me and I don't like to do that. I like to take, as I said previously, I like to take what we see this year, not what he's done previously or what he thinks we're going to do in the past. Um, but like Chris Paul, and you can see what you want. Devin Booker's fantastic. He's in my top 10 in the MVP in the MVP race. He's outside of the top seven or eight. He's on the back end. Um, but really the clear, it's clear Chris Paul is the reason this team is as good as it is. Look what he did with the Thunder, and that team was much younger. And I love Shea Gilgis Alexander, and I love uh, Dort. Uh, Dort, like those two, you got cornerstone players on that team. I like what Sam Presti is doing. They have had a tough year this year, but I don't think anyone expected them to get back to the playoffs. They started off pretty well, much like the Cavaliers did, and then just they're not enough talent there to keep up too many injuries. And last night they rolled out a G League squad. And I like I'm like who the fuck are some of these guys? But I know a couple of them. But they have they have I think Shea is their guy, and they have a three and D dude who's as good as anybody in the league right now, and he's super young. So then you just go out and you you hope you can land some free agents. I don't think you're gonna ever land big time free agents there, um, but they have shown that they can do it with big time free agents. Kevin Durant left because he's clout chasing a title, and I understand that. Um, I don't remember growing up and my dad ever defining great players as those who all won championships. I can look at a guy like Ernie Banks, never made the playoffs, never won a title, arguably in baseball considered one of the best players of all time. I know baseball is a little different because individually, it's an individual sport, but with nine dudes who all kind of have to do their thing, but you can't really depend. You have to depend on another guy behind you to get on base and so on and so forth, but like... No one's going up to bat for you. No one's putting in the work for you. It's just, it's a different type of team sport, whereas some of these other sports, um, you really re- got to rely on that next guy. Now, I, I, I it's funny because I, the Cavs, uh, there's, I got a couple people that I know that all of our teams kind of suck, and it's whether it's the Pistons or the Thunder or my Cavs, and uh, we're all tanked for Cunningham, so we're all rooting for our teams to lose because that's, at some point, like, you can win and it's great, but in the NBA, and I like, again, I like the playing tournament. It makes games matter. It holds teams accountable, but when you're 15 games out of that 10th spot, maybe start playing the younger guys, maybe see what you have. Um, but I have high hopes for the future of Oklahoma City. I do not for the Cavs. Uh, I, I like Sexton. I like Garland. I just, they'll never, I've, and I've said it before, like we landed LeBron James, and then we got him again, and we were able to draft Kyrie, and we were able to flip Wiggins into Kevin Love and go to four straight finals, 1-1, probably barring injuries, and I will not use injuries, you know, as the full excuse, just like I won't blame the referees, you know, in, in a football game where you have other chances to win. Now, if it's blatant and it's tied and it's a shitty call and it costs you the game, yeah, okay, I'm going to be upset. But, like, for instance, like last year, in the uh, divisional game, the the Browns and the Chiefs, clear helmet to helmet, bang, bang play, hard for the refs to call it. A lot of people were upset at the call. should have been a touchdown. But you look at the totality of the game, it's like the Browns had so many other opportunities to go ahead and to go ahead and win. So I'm really looking forward to what we have with the NBA this week. We've got a couple games left. Like I said, if you watched that Knicks-Lakers game last night, you were um, you, you, it was a treat. I watched part of it. I got to watch the rest today. Um, um, 
boyfriend duties. Uh, my lady went on vacation. She came home. So uh, no sports for me yesterday other than a, uh, a little bit of that Lakers game and a couple other things. But um, looking forward to how things shake out. And I'm really looking forward to the playoffs. Um, also, congratulations to Russell Westbrook. It did come to my attention that the triple-double wasn't counted until 1979. My rebuttal to that is, yes, that's true, but they went back and they recount those stats, which is why you see the triple-double from Oscar Robertson in the 60s. Um, his, I think it's 1962. He had his triple-double season. Russ has had four, okay? Four. Do you know how tough it is to average a triple-double? LeBron James has 99 in his career. What what Russell Westbrook has done this in 100 less games than Oscar Robertson, and just, it's amazing to watch someone have that kind of motor all the time, night in, night out, and people, and this is, again, it. I don't know where people get these bullshit opinions. It's their opinion, so, I mean, everyone has one, but it's, it's just like an asshole, as they say, everyone's got one, so... Like, for me, I I just don't understand how you can call this guy a shitty ball player. Now, would a title enhance his legacy a lot? Yeah, I think that would put him in the hierarchy of top five point guards of all time. Not, I'm not, I, don't, I have to look at the list, because um, I, I, he would dominate in any era, any era, except, especially the 80s and the 90s, especially this era. He's a tough son of a bitch. And he gives it to United and Night Out, who's got an MJ or Kobe mentality. And again, not to say that he's got the talent that they did, although I think he's really, really, really good um, because he does so many things for your team. And he, he, can, he can, where a team might have a deficiency, he can almost fill that void. If your team stunk at dishing the assists, this dude's going to come in and give you 10 a night. He'll get you 10 rebounds, and then it's going to drop 20, 25 points, not necessarily translating into wins. Um, him and Beal finally kind of got it together, but if that, and I like uh, Harimucha, uh, Rory Harimucha, sorry if I butcher your name, uh, but he hasn't been healthy, and so there's just a bunch of other dudes on that team, but if they were like, if they can get another piece there, and I'm not saying it has to be a great piece, with Beal and Westbrook, maybe a big guy who could stretch the floor, like a Carl Anthony Towns, uh, who I think would be a, a great fit there, or I would love like a Julius Randle, but he's staying in New York, um, I, it, props to Julius Randle, I've been a big fan of this dude since uh, Kentucky. I loved him as a Laker. I hated that he, well, I loved that he was not re-signed by the Lakers because I don't like the Lakers, but I knew they made a mistake. And then I saw what he was doing in New Orleans. I'm like, this dude is the truth. And he's really put it together this year. And what he's doing as the leader of the Knicks, him and Derrick Rose, um, the defense, uh, the accountability, Tom Thibodeau is doing a great job um, there as well. I, I, there's so many good stories this year in basketball, um, I, I think we got to sit back and kind of appreciate, um, you know, what we're seeing sometimes from some of these players. Uh, I used to tell people all the time when Kobe, Kobe would play, like, I hate Kobe. Kobe's, uh, I don't like Kobe because he did this 10 years ago, or uh, he's not that good of a player. I'm like, you're not appreciating what you're seeing, and instead of appreciating it, you're just going to miss out. I feel like that's Russell Westbrook, and then a lot uh, it, the split between LeBron fans and non-LeBron fans that that are missing out on like how great the dude actually is. The same thing with Steph Curry. Like, there's half these people who hate this dude and think he's a clown, 
and uh, and then there's half half the people who who love Steph Curry and his games. Like, why can't you just appreciate what he's doing in a vacuum um, and understand like what he's doing is crazy. It's crazy, and it, it has to do with volume and where the game is now. Because I do think if Reggie Miller or Ray Allen had this kind of volume in their career, that we would see Reggie Miller was a fucking dynamite shooter, and so was Ray Allen. So I, it's just the era that we're in, but it's also wildly impressive that this dude hits threes from that clip. That being said, the advent of the three ball, in my opinion, is ruining the NBA. I don't mind it. I think it has its place when your team is shooting 56 a game and you can't hang 30%, maybe try going down low and getting a bucket because more points are better than no points. And I get the analytics of it, but it's not to me. It, dude's pulling up from 30. with The only guy who could do it, pull up from 30 with four dudes in their face, is Steph. There's a whole bunch of dudes in college, high school, AAU, and in the NBA who think they're Steph Curry and they're not. And that's the problem is, is there's not guys like him or – James Harden or just Kevin Durant or dudes who just had this sweet shot who can hit a bucket, Damian Lillard. Um, I think teams need to start playing within what they do well, which is what I love about the Knicks because they play defense. They don't shoot a lot of threes. They play tough. They'll go down low. They'll bang with you, but they make the right plays and they play basketball. Their culture is playing to their strengths, not their weaknesses. They're gonna they're gonna bully you. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna wear you down. They're gonna eat you up in the paint. They're gonna out rebound you. They're gonna block shots. They're gonna push you around as best they can in this NBA. But then you see a team, I don't know, like the Cavaliers, for instance. I, and I keep bringing them up, but they shoot a ton of threes and they're fucking terrible at it. Throw the ball down low. Get some uh, hit some mid range jumpers. Run some sets. A screen. I have no idea. Just put points on the board. Use the shot clock to your advantage. Stop trying to go possession for possession, waste that 24, get some buckets, get back on defense, make these guys work for a shot instead of just running back and forth with uh, with these teams who, who can just pop threes and, and, and in 20 minutes, not 20 minutes, but in 10 minutes into, the, in, into a game, they could be up 25 points because they're raining down threes and you're trying to keep up with them and it's affecting your defense and you're, not, and you're just not playing smart basketball. Um we got, like I said, a couple more games left in the NBA season. Playoffs start, I believe, this weekend with the playing tournament. So the playoffs probably start technically start next week. I am looking forward to it. Like I said, I think there's gonna could be a lot of juicy matchups. Nothing in con- nothing's concrete yet. But if we get Brooklyn and the Knicks in round one, along with the Clippers and the Lakers, that's fucking fire. Like that is those are those are two matchups I will be dialed into um, because. I don't know if the Knicks can beat Brooklyn, but man, if they did, <laughs> whew, ah, because to me, the bigger story in New York, I don't care how great of a big three they have in Brooklyn, it's the Knicks. They're third or fourth seed. Um, they're exceeding expectations. If they were to win a playoff series, not necessarily against Brooklyn, outside of Brooklyn winning the title, the Knicks would be a bigger story in New York because the Knicks have traction. Their fans are crazy, passionate, and they've been waiting for a season like this. Whereas Brooklyn, great dude. Like you've got you've got some fans, um, but like not like the Knicks. That's the the Knicks are front page news when they're good, um, and just like the Giants. Whereas like the the Jets and Brooklyn are like back page news because they're the Jets and Brooklyn. They're they're the step brothers to um, to, to these way better franchises. 
um, who, you know, win, ti- not win titles, but who have a, a ingrained culture um, and matter a lot to the fabric of the NFL. Not saying that the Jets don't, uh, but it's clear the Giants are a much better team. And it's clear, historically, the Brooklyn Nets are not nearly as good or not nearly as successful or uh, popular as the Knicks, although they've been to... I mean, they've been to more finals over the last 20 years. They haven't won one. Knicks were back in 99 against the Spurs. Ewing was hurt. That was a, I think was, they were an eighth seed. They, and then they blew, and they blew through some good competition. I think everyone that year thought Orlando um, would match up with the Spurs. But um, you know, those are just, those two matchups right there, I would love to see. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing the Lakers and the Suns. Um, if that shaped out, uh, or the Lakers in Utah, uh, there's just a lot of great matchups um, that I'm looking forward to. And even in in the East, like if the, it, what if the Heat are end up fifth? And I got to go look, but they're they're five. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, if they get six or seven, and they're playing the Bucks or the Nets in the first round, like are you gonna really bet against the Heat? I mean, I'm. I don't care who, I really don't care who the Sixers or Nets play in the first round. I think they're gonna win their win that win that uh, win that series. Trying to make a bet with somebody, and instead of taking the bet, uh, they want to wait to see how things shake out. Which is, I'm someone who who doesn't clearly have any um, conviction in in their thought process or opinion. Um, so I'm waiting things to to clear out the way they want for him before he wants to take this bet. Because I'm willing to put a hundred bucks on anyone who the Sixers play, barring injury, they'll get out of the first round. Uh, I also, side note, have a hundred dollar bet on the Money Mayweather fight against one of the two Paul brothers. I can't tell those two fucking dudes apart. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And I got it on Mayweather, and I just don't know how anyone thinks in what world is one of these Paul brothers going to beat Mayweather. It just, I, I don't get it. It's a sucker's bet. But I, but the guy was cool. Like he took the bet, and I appreciate that. He, that's having conviction. He thinks that he thinks one of these. He thinks that it can happen. And I did this years ago. I think when Pacquiao fought Bradley, and my buddy, um, at the time who I still correspond with here in Texas, um, I was like, I'll give you Pacquiao. You give me Bradley. And he's like, Well, what's the catch? I'm like, No catch. I go, It's a puncher's chance. I want to bet. And lo and behold, somehow Bradley won that fight, even though he got uh, wheeled out like a paraplegic, um, because he was just absolutely just destroyed in that fight. Um, I didn't even collect that money. I was like, man, that ain't fair. I don't even think Vegas that collected money on that fight uh, took money on that fight for the betters because of such an egregious decision. Not that Timothy Bradley wasn't a good fighter, but you go back and watch that fight. He he beat the shit out of him so bad that Timothy Bradley, the winner had to be pushed out on a wheelchair. So those are a couple bets I got on the line, um, working that fantasy uh, that fantasy um, baseball league, NFL draft just happened. I will say this. I love what the Browns did. Uh, they addressed their issues, um, and then they just picked through depth. Uh, they got Newsom and um, the kid out of Notre Dame. I don't want to butcher his name, but they traded up for him. They didn't trade much to get those two guys. To me... The best draft, and you can look at it, 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 it from whatever perspective that you want. I thought the LA Chargers, or I still like to call them the San Diego Chargers because I watched them every year, all the time when I lived in the San Diego area. So there's a small piece of me that loves that team and always will. 
Um, but to get Rashawn Slater at 13, you, you just address your left tackle issue for the next 10 years if he can stay healthy. And that training room punctures lungs. Dudes always get hurt. They got a new center. Uh, they signed. That was a huge signing out of uh, there's Corey Lindsley. They don't sign huge free agents all the time. When they do, they have conviction about it. I like what they did. And then in a in a cornerback cornerback rich draft, they get Asante Samuel Jr. Um, out of Florida State. Undersized, really his only downsize. And I'm like, and my cousins and family out there, I'm like, you guys should all be stoked. And they were. I'm like, because you guys just landed. Um, Samuel could have been a first round pick, deep draft. You're getting first round value in the second round. You're getting what you're getting a guy in Rashawn Slater at thirteen when a lot of people thought he can go three to the Bengals. And the Bengals, I don't know what the fuck y'all are doing, but Joe Burrow doesn't need more weapons. He needs protection. And you guys failed to take the two best the two best offensive linemen off the board and Penny Sewell and Rashawn Slater. And I know you guys addressed it later, but like you could have got a wide receiver later in the second round. Um, because again, this, this draft was super deep, so many different positions. Um, I hated what they did. I hated what Jacksonville did. They got their quarterback, but then they go out and, and I like, I like Ethanine. I like, I've loved him for years. I've watched him at Clemson since he was there. Like, I really, really think he's going to be a good pro but you got James Robinson, and and James Robinson catch the ball out of the backfield, probably better than Etienne. So I don't I don't know. It, they're adding weapons around um, Trevor Lawrence, but you could have went a different direction. Um, you could have got a a, a a guy like Michael Carter. I don't believe he went in the first round. Um, you could have got him in the second or third round to if you wanted to add another running back. But like James Robinson was the truth, and I don't know if there's something that Urban Meyer has seen. And no offense, to Urban Meyer, you're not doing the greatest job right now, Tim Tebow, dude. And I, and then I hear today on the radio you kind of walking it back, saying you haven't made a decision. But let's face it, like I don't personally care. I get why he's doing this from a culture perspective. Uh, to have a guy in the locker room every day who's working out, showing up on time, because Jacksonville is young. Um, they've just made some weird moves between the, the their second pick in the first round and then this whole Tim Tebow thing. And I, I don't think they need the I don't think they need him to sell tickets. I think Trevor Lawrence will do that for themselves. James Robinson's really good. They have a good fan base in Jacksonville. I know people might laugh at that. Their fans will show up if you don't put a shit product out there. They've been putting a shit product out there for a long time. Um, you know, after Mark Brunel, then they had, um, God, what's his name? I liked him. Uh, David Gerard, Byron Leftwich era, which was okay. Um, and then Blake Bortles was within like nine, a uh, couple minutes of a Super Bowl, and they just imploded, you know, at the end, which we all saw. We're like, there's no way the Patriots are going to lose to the Jaguars. Um, and then, you know, so they've had pockets where they've done well. They just need to, it just needs to be sustained. Um, if they can, if Trevor Lawrence, cause I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be good. Um, and, and I think he's going to have a pretty good season, um, but they're going to need to protect him. And that could be why they drafted another running back. But if they think Tim Tebow is going to come in there and pass block, he's going to get cracked. I don't care what, how good a shape he's in. He hasn't taken a hit in a football game in a long time. I seen what he did when he lined up once as a tight end. I can see him taking snaps off, uh, 
Uh, I can take taking snaps like Taysom Hill, um, you know, adding in some different things. But Urban Meyer with this, we don't, this is the NFL, man. This is different than what you did at even Ohio State, which is a high-level program and gets a lot of guys drafted. Gimmicks get found out quick in the NFL. Look at Lamar Jackson. He can't throw the ball. He has deficiencies. He can run it, and they're going to let him do that now. They're going to make you, they're going to make him make the throws to win it, and they know that Unless he works not, he can't. Look at the Wildcat. The Wildcat was the flavor of the year, and then, boom, gone. And you know a guy who would really benefit from today's NFL? Um, it would be like a Pat White. Because now these kids are being brought in, and they're not so much being told they have to play in a specific system. The system's being catered to them, which I love. And then from there, you work on the other parts of their game that need help. But you always want to play to the strengths of your quarterback, which is why... I do respect what Baltimore has done. But now it's time, and I liked what the Ravens did. It's seemingly, because the Ravens picked ahead of us by one, and every time I was like, man, I want that guy. Boom, they got him. Boom, they got him. Um, again, not unhappy with the Browns draft. I love what they did. Ravens had a really good draft. Cincy a terrible draft, in my opinion. Um, I liked what Miami did. Uh, we'll see what Tua brings to the table this year. Uh, I Again, if they weren't going to play him and let him get through the growing pains last year. They should have never put him in over Fitz, Fitzpatrick. I thought it, Fitzpatrick could have got – he was playing so well and they had such good momentum. It just made no sense for Brian, Brian Flores and that organization to put, uh, okay, this is the date. We're going to put him in. And then through the rest of the season, you're going in and out and in and out and in and out. And it's like, okay, two is a confident guy, but you can't do that to a young kid because now all of a sudden you switched your priorities. You do You, you want to make the playoffs – but you're trying to develop him, and you're hurting that development by taking him out. I thought he should have sat last the whole last year, but that's just me. I'm still I unless you're a generational type of draft pick, like Trevor Lawrence has to start. Zach Wilson, I don't know if he's a generational type, but he has to start. But after that, is Trey Lance starting San Francisco, and are they winning a Super Bowl? Absolutely not. I like what San Francisco did. I just. They gave up a lot for Trey Lance, who, who I think can be pretty good. He's got the he's a Josh Allen mold. I like Josh Allen coming out of college. I did not see the progression from year two to year three to be that drastic. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he does this year. I love Josh Allen, but the whole Josh Allen's a top five quarterback all year kind of pissed me off because it's like, but top five, he's been good this year. Like even his second year, like the he was okay. He was better, way better than his first year. But it's like, you guys, you got to give these guys a couple years before you start deeming them this next great thing. Anything can happen in this league. Kirk Cousins is still a starter in the NFL, and guess whose ass is sitting at home tweeting about him? RG3. Kirk Cousins is is 10 times the quarterback RG3 is as a pro. I liked Kirk Cousins coming out of college. I understood the hype on RG3, but let's face it, like, that tweet, you have to go back and look at it, just kind of reeks of jealousy more than anything. So, is it good to start your rookie? Yes, it could be. You can look at different examples. And this is mostly a recent thing. With I think it started with Matt Ryan and uh, Joe Flacco and then um, Russell Wilson. And then you just, you, these guys were special. But there's some guys who just need to sit. I thought Justin Herbert last year was one of them. Um, he surprised the hell out of me. I Love the arm talent. I love 
some of the things. I love his athletic ability to throw on the run. I thought he overthrew a lot of guys at Oregon. I thought the short pass, um, he couldn't make some of the easy throws. Uh, he did that last year. I want to see him do it again. I'm starting to think that he was so much better than the talent he had at Oregon. They was never you never fully saw what he was able to do. And then you give him a guy like Keenan Allen and you give him a guy like Hunter Henry and Austin Eckler and Mike Williams and this dude. And now he's like, oh shit, like this is legit talent. That arm talent was there. Uh, he was really good. I think Trevor Lawrence's, if Trevor Lawrence can replicate that or even what Baker did his first year, there's no way he doesn't win offensive player, the offensive rookie of the year. I think he's going to have a, a pretty year because there's there's a lot of talent offensively in Jacksonville and the defense is young. Um, if they can just play a semblance of defense, uh, they might, they might win six, seven, eight games. I'm going to go say they win five or six. Um, they got to be better than last year. They have actually a great backup in Gardner Minshew. I, I, I actually like him as a backup there. I think he still has the ability to maybe start somewhere. Um, cause you've seen flashes, but the draft, you know, it was a lot of fun. The Raiders, okay, and then I'll give you one last loser here. The Raiders did terrible when they picked Leatherwood, who I like. Is like, dude, you kind of got him in the second or, or an equivalent talent in the second or third round, and they just every year they reach for a dude. I don't know if it's the John Gruden era. I'd have to go back and look at it, but they reach and they continue to reach. And it used to be like, I'm gonna reach on this fast dude because he has a fucking he can run a four three forty, but we don't throw the ball downfield to him. Like the Raiders are, uh, it's, it's, I'm not even a Raiders fan, but it's like, come on, man. Derek Carr is a top 10 quarterback. You got weapons on offense. Jacobs, Waller, uh, Renfro. You had Tyrell Williams, but he's out. Aguilar was there. He's, he's in uh, New England. So they have weapons on offense. It's like, but what the fuck are they doing on defense? They have to have some defense to hang in that division because Casey's going to be there. I really like San Diego this year. I thought last year they could have been in the, they were a fringe playoff team from the start of the season with Tyrod. They took kind of a dip, and then towards the end they made a nice surge. I think they won seven games last year. Um, the Broncos, if they get Aaron Rodgers, that's going to be uh, the Raiders are looking at last place. Like if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, that's a game changer. That division easily is the best division of quarterbacks in the NFL when you have Mahomes, Rodgers, Herbert, and then. Um, Shit, I'm drawing a blank. I'm sorry. Uh, Mahomes, Rogers, Herbert, and Carr. Um, that's a great. That's a great division full of great quarterbacks. Really good young quarterbacks. Guys who need more help or our top ten dudes. You got a, a guy who and Aaron Rodgers who people say might have the best arm talent of all time. Maybe the best quarterback of all time. Um, Aaron Rodgers, and that brings me to Aaron Rodgers. It's a nice little segue there. Um, Aaron Rodgers, dude, like. I've always not kind of liked Aaron Rodgers. I think he's kind of a pompous ass. And when I say that, it's the way he comes off, and it's the way he throws his teammates under the bus. It's the way he negative he deflects anything negative that people say about him. Like, oh, I, I couldn't do – I don't do any wrong. Um, and then to sit here and act like they're going to treat you any different they treated than they treated Brett Favre. They drafted Jordan Love, man, and you're afraid of Jordan Love. Your offense has never been the question, ever. You guys just went to two straight NFC Championship games. You were within a touchdown of winning that game. Your team, your offense, 
did not capitalize on the three turnovers from Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you win that game, you likely waltz into a, a, a really nice matchup against a, a team who had no line. I don't know if they would have won, but that game would have been much closer than the Tampa Bay KC game, and likely they walk out Lombardi with the Lombardi Trophy. Yeah, yeah, like, and he wants to be consulted on everything. It's like, dude, we don't pay you forty million a year to consult you. We pay you forty million a year to go out, prepare, and play football, and we'll worry about the details. I'm I don't live in a world where I need to run everything by my quarterback. I know some organizations do. It's different for me in like the NBA where there's only five, 11 dudes on your team. That one superstar means a lot. And yes, the quarterback means a lot. But why is it so bad for a team to want to invest in a young quarterback like they did with you in the first round, late in the first round, could have been a high first round pick, but wasn't, and develop them for a couple years so they have something when you're ready to go. But now you want to now you want to pout and go home and not say anything to the media um, and just let the reports flow out. Like if I'm the Packers, I let you I let you retire and I let you pay me that thirty million and we move on with Jordan Love, and um, because they can't you that's a bad precedent to send. You can't trade him because he just doesn't want to play there no more. Now you're talking you're going to get into the NBA territory and you're going to see more quarterbacks do this and. I don't mind, I like the player movement in the NBA to an extent, but man, it is excessive. Like every year these teams are 100%, almost 100% different than they were the year before. And yes, it does at times give your franchise um, the ability to win a title if you get your front office straight. So like for Aaron Rodgers, like they've drafted on defense 19 19 of the last 20 years because that's always been their deficiency. It's never been on offense. They've always had a guy who can sling the rock. Um, they have, they just re-signed Jones, who I love. They have, uh, Adams, they have Scantling, it's, they have Tanyan, they, they, they drafted Dylan in the second round and let Jones, uh, let the, uh, oh, I forgot his name, he's up in Detroit now, they let him walk, um, but, like, what are you bitching about? You don't, it doesn't sound to me, it just sounds to me like you just don't want to be there, and that's fine, but to, to say that the Packers haven't put you in a position to win, that's bullshit. Um, Every year you guys, for the most part, are among uh, five to eight teams who can feasibly win a chip. Uh, And you guys were so close last year, and I put the blame on not your defense, but the offense and what you guys couldn't do on taking advantage of turnovers. That's why you lost the game. That's why. You could have ran that ball in, and you chose to throw it. Your new coach... LaFleur, really good. 26, what, 26 and 6 over the last two seasons, and enough talent on your team to get you an MVP. With that said, I just wanted to do about a 40 minute episode. I wanted to put some content out there. Um, tomorrow, I'm hooking up with uh, P. Scott Sports Talk. Uh, we're going to go over some draft, the NBA, um, a bunch of other stuff as well. And I'm looking forward to that. I enjoyed our first episode. There were some hiccups with my dog. Um, but uh, he's a pro and he played it off. He played it off great, and I thought things turned out pretty well with that. So I'm looking forward to h- hooking up with him again and uh, putting some more content out there. But I uh, just wanted to, to get something out. Um, things are ramping up, like I said, we've, with with uh, the NBA, the NHL. Um, if you follow the NHL playoffs, we get the Champions League uh, final coming up, I believe, this weekend. Um, and it's Man City and Chelsea. Man City just won the Premier League for the fifth straight year, something like that. 
Um, there's been the Super League, which I haven't talked about, but maybe I'll get into that at a later date and time. That thing um, is still actually active. Um, for instance, I'm a big Juventus fan, and the Serie A is threatening to kick them out. I don't think Juventus will have a problem with that because I think they can go join another league. I don't mind the idea of the Super League. I don't get why people are so upset. UEFA is upset, but and they, I just, it's another competition, and the teams who are in it are sick of. They're not going to get relegated, like those teams, those founding member teams. I think there was like thirteen of them. Those teams never get relegated, anyways, and I think they want to be in a league where they're playing against the best of the best um, outside of the Champions League, because I don't know how that would have worked out. Does the UEFA um, Euro Cup go away? Does that become a third-tier cup? Um, I know UEFA was big mad, and they're threatening to kick people out of the, the Champions League next year and all these veiled threats. It's like, so you want to threaten the biggest and best teams in the world because they wanted to go do something uh, that benefited them Um you know, as, as a collective group and saying that it's going to destroy soccer. It's not. Um, I, I, I have a different viewpoint on it. I wouldn't have mind, I, I wouldn't have minded just like I won't mind at some point when a, a bunch of these power five schools decide to start, start their own league and get rid of the NCAA. Cause I think that's going to happen at some point. But that being said, um, I can go on and on. There's not going to be any artist spotlight of the week this week. Just a simple episode. Um, holler at me, holler at me, holler at me. If I could speak correctly today, holler at me over on Twitter at Matt with one T underscore Z-E-B-R-O-W-S-K-I. As usual, thanks for listening. This is Clearly Unclear. Y'all have a good one. Thank you. Bye.